And joining us now to talk about all of this is former New York Congressman, my buddy Peter King. Congressman King, great to have you here on the show. Always great to be with you, Rita. It really is. Thank you. You know, what was your reaction first off, Congressman, to hear exactly what happened to Lee Zeldin's home? I mean, this is so stunning that here he is. Certainly, you know, he said, look, I want to clean up New York, um, really fighting, you know, the just deteriorating crime, the deteriorating justice system, the revolving door. And now crime has literally come to his doorstep. Yeah, it really has. When I first heard this, I heard a report that there were bullets fired near uh, Elise Zeldin's house. Not that maybe it was somebody's hunting rifle went off or there was something. Uh, it, it never, you know, the first instinct was this was not his two daughters being in a house and having uh, you know, bullets landing 30 feet away and two guys were shot and bleeding uh, actually un- under his front porch. I mean, this is just uh, madness. I mean, this is a solid uh, middle-class neighborhood, hardworking people. Uh, there's no reason to think something like this would happen in ordinary times. But now uh, these uh, it, our, our world has changed, and uh, people somehow try to pass this off. Well, you know they weren't shooting at Lee; it was just sort of an accident. No, the, to me, in some ways, this is more dangerous. That in a middle-class neighborhood of hardworking people on a Sunday afternoon, that there's going to be drive-by shootings being carried on the sidewalk, and uh, bullets flying. People bleeding, I guess you must be I'm assuming gang members or whatever the reason is, they're hiding under the porch. They've been shot. I mean, this, this is just un- unheard of. I've never known, and I've been uh, living in Nassau County, on Long Island now for, since 1967. I have never heard of this happening, this type of crime that, that's now coming into the suburbs. Uh, in, again, in middle-income neighborhoods, uh, low, what should be low-crime areas. Uh, and it's uh, it's really scary, just like in Manhattan. You know, uh, you and I go to you know go into Manhattan. We go to work. We go to studios, and uh, I, I never, even during the dark days of the seventies and eighties, when they had so many murders, did you have people being attacked and stabbed and beaten up and shot? You know, in you know mid Manhattan in the middle of the day, Fifty Seventh Street, Madison Avenue at eleven o'clock in the morning, uh, and uh, it, it, also the random murders, like or the random attacks. You know, some uh, woman walking down the street and a guy comes by on a bike for no reason, just belts her, knocks her down. This is just, uh, to me, it's a city that's out of control. It's a state that's out of control. And it's uh, seeping into the suburbs, into upstate, into everywhere. And uh, I blame this. I hate to be pointing fingers when you go to the legislature, which passed these terrible bail reform and other so-called criminal justice laws, the district attorneys who won't enforce the laws, people like the governor won't stand up to the legislature and somehow tries to say this is a gun control issue. And I'll stop by this and you can interrupt me. But when Rudy Giuliani became mayor of New York, there were 2 million illegal guns in New York. There were probably as many as that when he left. But the fact is the murder rate, beginning with him and continuing with Bloomberg, went down 80, 90 percent because the cops could take the guns off the street. The judges would put guys in jail. I mean, and the DAs would prosecute. And by the way, you hit it exactly on the head because back then they knew that there would be punishment. Don't you feel, Congressman King, that like now they feel they can just kind of get away with it? Yeah, because they do. They do get away with it. And uh, also with with the restrictions put on cops. I mean, I I was talking to a veteran cop who uh, uh, worked in Queens for many years, had uh, uh, so many citations and did an outstanding job. 
But he says that his commanding officer told him, told them that unless the person has a gun or a knife, if they're resisting arrest, it's better to let them go. Because, you, first of all, you run the risk of getting hurt yourself, losing your job, because you can't use the proper methods to bring the guy down. And he's going to be out on the streets. So, uh, and so the, the bad guys know that. The criminals know this. And even with, you know, with the shootings, they, uh, uh, they, they feel they can get away with it more because they can go out on the street with a gun. Those two million guns, the bad guys are afraid to bring them out because the cops could have, had the, you know, the uh, uh, stop and frisk. They, could, they, they, they had a, a very good idea who might have the guns, who was acting suspiciously. They could check them now. You know, the guys tell the cops to drop dead, to get lost. They keep going. Yeah. And if the cop tries to bring them down, there's somebody there with a camera, uh, you know, videoing it. And, this, and next thing you know, the cop is fighting to stay out of jail or to keep his job or to keep his pension. Yeah, how sad is that? Boy, uh, the world is like upside down, Congressman King. You know, also, uh, what about these enormous rap sheets? I mean, it's amazing when you look back, like uh, there's a case of a New York City shoplifter with 153 arrests booked again after fleecing three Rite Aids. And then there's the case of uh, a kid who is, again, uh, robbing people 18 times. Um, And then even in some of the most severe, horrible cases of violence, you look at the track record and you see that these guys were wanted, like, for instance, um, the guy in uh, Peter Kuntz. This is in uh, Poughkeepsie, the case in the hotel lobby. The guy, Roy Johnson Jr., was wanted in two states as well as being a prime suspect in a murder in Poughkeepsie. And yet he's walking around opening fire like the Wild West in a hotel room. I mean, hotel lobby, it's astounding. You know, it almost becomes, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to misuse this word. It almost becomes monotonous. I guess you know that when someone's arrested, invariably the next story will be listing the 12, 13, 14 arrests that he's already had, how he's maybe served 10 days in jail with all of that, or maybe a few weeks, or he's out on, he's out on bail or not on bail. He's released, you know, waiting trial. And he's, uh, again, Mayor Adams, I wish he'd follow through more. But when he talks about New York being the only state where a judge can't put somebody in, in prison until trial based on dangerousness. Uh, we're the only state that, where the judge, the, the judge does not have that discretion. This is insane. And uh, the thing is, in these neighborhoods especially, c- cops have a very good idea who the bad people are, who the criminals are, that, you know, the ones who are inclined to shoot, the ones who, who, are, who, are, who are likely to uh, carry out violent crimes. The police know that, so they monitor them, they watch them. They can you know, check them out. Well, now you can't do that. I mean, that's the thing. The cops have to, uh, it, you know, the cops are the ones that are on trial. The cops are the ones that, you know, that end up facing the charges. It's just, uh, and yet you have people like Kathy Hochul, the governor, and I'm so disappointed in her. I worked uh, with her. I was chairman of the Homeland Security Committee. She was in Congress for a year and a half, but she was put on the Homeland Security Committee. Uh, she was basically a much more moderate Democrat then. When she'd been county clerk, she wouldn't even give a driver's license to illegal immigrants. I mean, she took these tough stands. And so I really thought when she came in, okay, we're going to get, it's a Democrat, but she's going to be common sense, middle of the road Democrat. She's further to the left than Andrew Cuomo ever thought of being. Well, and by the way, the other headline I was going to bring up to you in the New York Post is a former Congressman Peter King, Rick Rips Hochul on bail reform, says she's in surrender mode. Do you believe it's, she's just sort of given up? Yeah, she's given in to the left wing of her party. I mean, she was in a position when she came in, 
uh, Andrew Cuomo was out. She was coming in. She could basically, I thought, call the shots what she wanted to do if she had the, you know, the nerve to do it. But instead, she was, just, I think, overwhelmed by the left wing of her party, uh, by Hasty, by Stuart Cousins, by the progressives. Uh, they just got hold of her, and she just gave in whatever they wanted and more. And she doesn't have the nerve to stand up to them. She's the governor of New York. Whether you liked him or not, Mario Cuomo was a tough governor. Nelson Rockefeller was a tough governor. Certainly, George Pataki was a very effective governor. We can go down the list of governors. Hugh Carey was a tough governor. They have It's the only state official, the only official in the whole state that has a bully pulpit for the entire state, more than the senators, more than any mayor. The governor of New York has a national forum. And she should be using that and going to the legislature and saying, if you don't do this, I'm going to campaign against every one of you. Single them out, name and shame. That's what, that's what she has the power to do. Instead, she goes, well, I tried. I, I asked for this, but the legislature wouldn't give it to me. And so, you know, life goes on. Well, no, it's, it, it, we're talking about life and death here. We're talking about people uh, being shot, being stabbed, being raped, being mugged, being stabbed, uh, thrown on the subway tracks by Asians being attacked. Uh, we go down the whole list. I mean, it's just such a, uh, a disgrace. And to think that a few years ago, really just a few years ago, you go back five years, we were still, you know, the safest city and state. I mean, things were really uh, now uh, I'm almost mad at myself for not fully taken advantage of. We just sort of, uh, you know, took it for granted. Yeah, we uh, did. It, it gotten so bad and then it got so good. We just assumed it can never go back to the bad days again. Wow, it's really Unfortunately, it's racing back to the bad days. Well, that's why leadership is key. And again, as you brought up with Kathy Hochul, all I keep thinking about with her was when she was asked about Alvin Bragg, she was like, well, you know, I'm going to cut him some slack, you know. Yeah. And my my thought is how much slack? My goodness. You know, I mean, that New York can't take any more slack. Real quick, Congressman. No, it really can't. And uh, it's easy for her to say that. She is the state troopers protecting her. fact is, if it's the average man or woman on the street in New York, you know, they, they can't afford to give the bad guys slack because the, the criminals are going to stab them and shoot them, rape them, mug them, whatever. So, no, this, Alvin Bragg has to go. The signal has to go out. And we need a governor who's tough. That's why I'm so strongly supporting Lee Zeldin. We need him in there. We need him to set the tone for the state and for the country. Yeah, Lee is a great guy, and we need law and order. Um, former Congressman yes. Peter King, we love having you on the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Rita. Thank you very much. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.